Hi, Donna. Hi, Serge. So you have been developing a process, a practice that you call embodied presencing. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, thank you. Um, yes, I have studied both meditation and an embodied process called focusing for many, many years. And um, I noticed I began meditating just after I got married and had small children. And I was very concerned about how to raise them in a healthy way, what to do about all my feelings and reactions and how I could apply this to raising children. And then I also found that to um, get more in touch with myself and to understand myself better, I needed a tool that would help me integrate these feelings. And that tool was the practice of focusing. So over many years, I have both meditated and practiced focusing. And they've come together to give me a way to navigate my world um, both in my relationships as well as in meditation or prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and 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 um, interestingly enough, that um, started uh, in a period of opportunity, but also challenge and stress, having you know children and wanting to do right by them, and uh, so that was a resource to. Uh, to deal with that. Yes, and to, and to deal with being married. And, uh, it was at a time when, um, women's liberation was in the forefront and when marriages were failing right and left. And I didn't want my family to fall apart. I wanted to, um, to have a way that it would be loving and connected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the stakes were high. Yes. And it was not something that was about performance per se, because as you say, it was about um, having the family be together and loving. Yes. At one point, it became very important for me to um, uh, to understand the role of the body in... Um, both meditation and in psychology and how to integrate uh, these emotions. And so I began exploring the place of the body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I've discovered is that there is a way to pay attention in the body that transforms it from a worried, upset, uh, body into a calm and still body and that there are actual steps you can take to have that happen and that it's a practice to change the body because what you're doing is transforming the nervous system mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah so so uh, to paraphrase a bit that our emotions uh, especially when we are upset uh, uh, um, it translates into or it starts from uh, body sensations and paying attention to that and processing them 
is actually a way uh, to come to a place that's calmer. Yes, when I found myself yelling at my children the way my parents had yelled at me, or I found myself uh, getting hurt or or upset, then um, I didn't feel that was the best way to to show love. And that's that's what I find that the body has helped me find this peaceful place where I can um, I can show kindness and compassion, where that where the practice is that that comes first rather than the reactivity, rather than the anger, mm-hmm. the sadness. Yeah, yeah. So noticing that reactivity and as you notice it in the body, you process it there. Yes, there are very clear um, signs in the body. There's a kind of contraction that's called, I like to call it the fight, flight, freeze body or the ego body. And when it, that is going off and I'm in that space inside of me, then I am contracting in some way. My breath is more shallow. I have um, tension, I have heaviness or or knots in my stomach, some way to tell me that um, I'm drawing back from that moment and um, that I can't be present for what's happening in life. And as I pay attention to that, I now know how to shift out of that space into this other space, even while being amongst others, even while with others. Mm-hmm. And so before the shift, maybe we're going to spend a little more time on just that noticing. And, um, you know, that it's a, you describe as a fight, flight, freeze state. But this is not an abstraction. These are not just uh, words. Um, you've learned to recognize in your body certain tension, certain contraction, uh, some things. And you want to describe a little more, again, just uh, to what it is that that gives you that sense of that fight-flight-freeze is happening? Yes, that's a really good question because it's common to all of us that it's in the brain that in order to survive, uh, we will we will very, even very, very subtly take a stance in the body where we cut off our breathing, right, at the solar plexus diaphragm area, and we roll our, our shoulders slightly forward, and we even maybe clench our fists, and um, we, our heart races a little. And, and um, this is when there's any kind of threat present. And that kind of threat, the worst threat of all, is being abandoned, rejected, or shamed. And um, so when, when the, any even slight um, contraction in the body is present, or I notice my breath is getting more shallow, then I, I know how to pause and to reset my body into what I call the presencing body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what you described is um, threats, and for us in everyday life, in civilized life, the threat of being abandoned is a very powerful emotional one. But we react to it just the same way we react to all kinds of threats, including physical threats. And so you described the way the the body's way of contracting in order to face a threat, and and so that kind of contraction, that kind of holding breath, uh, tells you your body is in gear for 
that attack. It tells me that I'm being, that I am vulnerable in that moment and that the attack, I don't really know what it is exactly. Um, I know that something in me is threatened. It might be a strong, intelligent woman who walks in the room and something in me feels like she's not going to meet the, she's not going to match up or somehow is, is, is not adequate. And that's true for the whole ego system. That the sense of inadequacy is, um, the, is, is basic to that system. And, um, and the whole system is constructed to prevent that dreaded feeling of being, of just not being adequate. So it's really good information for me to know when that I feel, um, that something in me is feeling powerless or vulnerable. Something in me feels threatened. And that it has its, its beginning, its roots in the past. It's not in this moment. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to make the mistake of thinking that this woman is causing me to feel this way. Actually, this is a great opportunity for me to free, to open my system up, uh, to show, to have compassion for myself and show up for this place in me that's really afraid in that moment. So, so there is a, a bit of a, an observer self, mm-hmm. you know, who is noticing, hey, you know, you're perceiving this woman as a threat, uh, mm-hmm. but chances are you're reacting to your past. And from that observing self, it's easier to then take a little pause and say, wait a minute, you know, no no knee-jerk reaction at this moment. Yes, it, it's, I wouldn't even, I would go so far as to say it's not even chances are, it is definitely a reaction is a reaction. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and that um, there's a way to monitor this inner space so that it stays optimally receptive and open to life in this moment. So, um, yes, it's, it's almost kind of exciting to feel, to go amongst others because that's where these things come, come in, where, where these react, where this reactivity gets activated is amongst others. And, and to realize this is a great moment to free myself from false beliefs and from habitual un- feelings that um, aren't serving my present life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to keep living through looking at the present through the eyes of the past, or do you want to be looking at the present moment? Yeah. Yes, do you want to be re- actually receiving the present moment? So I think the focus, the, the, the one intention of this work, the practice of embodied presence, is to be as fully in life as possible, this directly experiencing life right now. And um, uh, what's exciting about the work to me is that there are pathways that we, we come to learn about this inner territory of the body, that we can we learn how to, to go there rather than into the fight-flight-free system. This mm-hmm. is a new option, a new place to go. Fight, flight, freeze, you, you'll sense it just instantly coming on uh, in the solar plexus as I describe the sensations that happen in the body. Any kind of even slight contraction, maybe the throat's slightly contracting, maybe there's something in your neck, maybe your head is getting a little achy. 
Um, the whole body uh, commu- is a system of communication and intelligence, and uh, when you when you get to know it, uh, it just opens life up in a way that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so again, what we're talking about and going very slowly because it's a it's a part where it's easy to slip is we're not dealing in abstractions. We're dealing in you know this moment you might be triggered. So paying attention to what's happening in the body and notice that these little things that we could easily discard, like that contraction, that uh, uh, you know little pain in the neck, that something uh, paying attention to it. And as you pay attention to it, it's possible that it's the beginning of not being caught up in the knee-jerk reaction. Yes, and um, all the ways that the body communicates, um, it's a it's a global kind of intelligence. So that we might notice, oh, I'm thinking she's she's really a bitch, or I'm thinking um, I better leave right now, or I'm feeling suddenly a collapse in my chest, or. Um, so there's many ways that that the body is communicating um, uh, this kind of information through thinking, through sensations, through feelings. Suddenly a memory comes. That global sense of intelligence, uh, just it can all come at the same time. And... Um, and that's different than just thinking the thought, believing the thought, or just feeling the feeling, mm-hmm, believing mm-hmm. that feeling. You're honoring that global sense of intelligence, but not taking it at face value. And uh, you're pausing and paying attention to the body's reaction. Uh, and I think that's what from something is coming from there. Yes. Um, the first thing, well, the main thing that comes from there is to know that um, that really I, I'm empowered in that moment to address whatever situation I'm in because it's all within me. It's not actually outside me. Um, it looks like that person might be a certain way or I, I say a story about that person, but actually uh, it's so much more than what I think it is. And that's what's exciting is to be able to pull back these projections or these beliefs um, and to uh, find that there's uh, something so so much more there um, that I can be with and, and, and that I can have kindness and compassion for in myself. And from that place, kindness and compassion is there for everybody, for everything. Um, but the deeper I can go into my own body's knowing, the more I feel one with the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're talking about going into your your whole body knowing, mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily heeding the reactivity. Yes, in fact, yes, the rea- so how do I do that? Um, let me, so if I were to he- become the reactivity, I would be, have a strong uh, judgment about another person, and I would have... Uh, like a strong energy in my chest and maybe, maybe if it's anger, then wanting to go outward and do something. But if I separate from any of the reactivity, from any of that story, um, then I can have a relationship with it and I can be with it. And that's all it needs because it's basically afraid. 
And no one's ever been with it that way. Um, so what is, what do I do in my body? So first thing is I can, the body I think of as like a infrastructure or a container and that it can go into that. It can serve as that when, when we, um, come inside and set up pathways. And there's a way to transform the body from the reactive body into this infrastructure or container. The first way that's really helpful is to notice where your attention is. Is it, it, it's in the head, of course, but where in your head is this attention? You might notice that when you're trying to solve or fix something, that your attention is more between your eyes, very close to your eyes. You might even have a furrow there in your forehead because you're thinking and trying to solve it. But if you shift your attention more to the center of your head, like if you were to breathe in through your nose and go straight back, right to the center of your head, then you would feel eventually a, a, a deep stillness and silence that comes. And it's it's very subtle. It's it, it requires practice because it's a subtle kind of sensing in the body, this place in the head. So, so let's stay there a bit and let's do it a couple of times. Uh, so there's a chance to, to, to learn it through practice. So you're talking about um, noticing that impulse, uh, but not acting on it. And, uh, you know, physically, for instance, you're describing that moment where the whole body-mind is geared uh, in a mode that's problem-solving, you know, trying to, to think how to deal with it. And that sensation is going to be like a tightening in the middle of the eyes as you're the frowning, a sense of the concentration. You're describing a mode of breathing to come out of it, and you want to maybe come back to what one feels and what to do to change it. So in a moment of reactivity, we might we might think thoughts and judge the other person. We might just have an emotional reaction, um, attack, accuse, collapse inside ourselves. Um, any kind of, anything that where we don't feel free yet, we no longer feel free inside is a kind of reactivity. When you know, so when right there you go, oops, this is reactivity. Oh good, here's my place to practice. So the first thing, uh, there's two things you can do. Um, One that's really, really important is to pause and ground your body. Uh, and you do that. I have a, a, a pathway to follow more on the outside of the body that I called feet, seat, spine. And it's not just going, yep, those are my feet. Here's my seat. It's not like that. It's actually inhabiting those places in the body. So when you get to your feet, you pause until you really feel what it's like from inside the meat of your feet, that you're actually experiencing the inner space of your feet. And then when you're ready, you go to your seat and you feel the weight of that until that again, where you're really inside your body and going up your spine, the whole back region. It's almost like the back of the body or this that you're, you're kind of defining like a feeling of being supported or backed up. 
as you follow the body up these these points, these contact points in the body. And then as you come to the front of the body, there's this you want to soften your eyes. And it's like there's a space behind the eyes where the eyes can just rest into, and that turns off the mentation, that turns off the chatter in the brain. Uh, not by trying to turn it off, it's just you shifted where your attention is. Mm-hmm. Part of the shifting also is coming into the chest and um, into the breath right at that point uh, of, of the diaphragm, the solar plexus area, the ribs there, um, and that you begin very gently to allow to uh, follow the breathing to the point of where it feels, where it hits an edge in the body, and then you start creating a very even breath. Four counts in, four counts out. And very slow and even. And only with the intention of being right where you are, not forcing anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what you've been describing um, is about the shift of where your attention is. And we tend to have our attention focused on our thinking mode. And, yes. and uh, literally by paying attention to what's happening in the feet, what's happening in the seat, then, uh, you know, the, the softening the gaze and the breathing and softening the, the uh, chest area and staying concentrated on the breathing, um, we're now using all of our mind-body processing instead of just being in a small part of it. Yes, exactly. It expands it expands the, the space inside. So, because um, if you notice when you're upset, when you're reactive, you're probably way up in the top, like I call it the attic of the body. You're probably way up in the top. You could almost leave your body. You wish you could jump out of your body sometimes. It's so strong. Um, and so we're completely un- ungrounded. So this is this process I call pausing and grounding. And it sets up, it resets the body into the presencing body. That's part of it. That's the first step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a reset into the presencing body. And then there's a second step, and that's more interior. And that's where... You begin to notice, where is my attention right now? Where is it in my head? Is it more up in, in my forehead? Is it, you know, and, and usually if we're still upset and, and reacting, then our attention is going to be right between the eyes here. Um, and almost like it's jammed in there in a point. Um, and so when you start exploring this area of the body, your eyes and this point between the eyes, You'll notice the difference between that point and releasing and allowing the eyes to relax and um, to to occupy the space behind them. That there's a complete shift in the way um, the world comes in when you do that. So that's the first. That's the next step to come more inside the body is first to set presence in the middle of the head. Yeah. So the attention. The mm-hmm. tension in the middle of the head and mm-hmm. the releasing of it. To be the softening of the eyes. Yeah. Then there's like a, a central pathway in the body 
that if you were imagine like um, there's a hole in the top of your head and it comes down from the sky uh, or that it's open to the sky above and that there's an energy coming down through that hole to this place that I described, the place of attention in the head, just there behind the eyes in the middle of the head. The next contact point of part of this core pathway is um, behind uh, the chest in the center of the body, between the chest and the back, um, right there at the solar plexus diaphragm area. And so it helps to imagine this this pathway comes from on high, down through the head, down through the center of the chest. And the third contact point is just below the navel, between the front of the body, the back of the body. Again, the central pathway going through there and then down through the body into the earth. And just experiencing that, inviting your body to show you the experience of that uh, is is quite calming and shifts you into um, a spaciousness and availability to life that's not there when you're reacting. Yeah, so so that the, the sense of a central pathway all the way up, all the way down, uh, that you're paying attention to in the center of the body. And do you want to maybe just explain a bit, you know, in what way what's happening, what the way of paying attention to it is. Is it just an intention to notice it? Is it a breathing? What how what helps noticing it? Thank you. For, yes, that's important. So so I've kind of identified these this, these points, contact points in the central pathway, the core pathway. And then as you rest in each point, there's a process of what I call breathing and feeling. So um, let's say you're at the place um, behind your eyes in the center of your head, that you, you rest your attention there gently. You begin this even breathing, maybe two, three, four counts in four counts out without pausing and you begin that even breathing and then you and you and you at the same time sense in the body and sensing question I like to ask myself is what does it feel like to be alive right now in my body what does this feel like and that to put words to that is is quite profound uh, it's something we usually don't pay attention to and we can't describe. But to begin to describe what that feels like, what is it? Um, you begin to notice, anyway, I begin to notice that the body is like a, there's like a river in my body and that there's a sense of flow and um, that there's sometimes log jams in that river and that's when um, the reactivity from my conditioned life has come in and I can spend time from this place of presencing to keep, to be with that log jam and to help, help it have compassion and acceptance. And it, it gradually opens and it also tells me what it's worried about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and this is happening after you've done the other things. So it's not in the midst of the highest reactivity that you can have the response from the body about what the sense of being alive is, you've already in a way started grounding the body and getting into that calmer space. Yes, that whole practice is a process. First it's to, oops, reactivity, then to to begin to ground, to pause, 
Um, the pausing is extremely important to step out of that, that brain. It's like a pattern. It's just going to go right into it. It's a default kind of reaction. And so we have to pause, slow down, ground, come inside, and go through these this process, which as I describe it, maybe seems long, but it can it gets more and more natural. It can be done anytime, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is something that you can do in the midst of action. But say if you are um, in a in an intense situation and there are people with you, um, what of it do you do? Uh, and what you know what what's the um, what's the balance in a way between being an actor in the situation when there is a sense of pressure and also giving yourself some space which you need in order to uh, you know to deal with that well it's what i call dual awareness or dual attention that fun- oddly enough you can actually be in here out there in here out there all at once so that it's a continuous loop of awareness so that uh, we know for sure that reactivity probably isn't going to help any any kind of situation, especially an intense one. But informed action is going to be very helpful. So, uh, so as we practice this, it truly becomes the go-to place. Oh, go there. This is the place you go to. And uh, and then you can assess from this bigger space as global intelligence rather than from the reactive brain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, in a way, in describing it, we make it sound longer and more complicated than it actually is. Yes. And in practice, uh, say we're interacting and I'm triggered, uh, what's happening is I simply avoid, you know, just reacting my knee-jerk way. And as I am silent, I'm breathing, I'm paying attention to what's happening in my body. And so from the outside, it doesn't look like I'm doing anything weird. Um, but it's just like getting a little bit of time uh, to process things and progressively getting calmer. But again, to the outside eye or to a camera looking at it, it might just seem like I'm taking my time. I'm relatively calm. I'm not just uh, impulsive. Yes, I'm not closing my eyes. I'm not going inward. I'm not. Uh, it's something you do with your eyes open. You almost can have this expression "eyes in the back of your head," but there there are eyes in there that can look inside at the same time as looking at someone outside. So uh, you can even be talking. The main thing is to not lose connection with with what's going on. So if I'm talking to someone, I want to stay connected. And at the same time, stay connected to myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that this dual attentiveness, it is, it's really not that hard, but it is a practice because reactivity is so strong. For good reason, it's for survival. Uh, something's pretty threatening when we're reactive. And, but we, this is the process of transforming that to work for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, this might be a good place to end, or do you want to add something to uh, to this? I think it's a good place to end. 
This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com. My knee-jerk way. And as I am silent, I'm breathing, I'm paying attention to what's happening in my body. And so from the outside, it doesn't look like I'm doing anything weird. Um, but it's just like getting a little bit of time uh, to process things and progressively getting calmer. But again, to the outside eye or to a camera looking at it, it might just seem like I'm taking my time. I'm relatively calm. I'm not just uh, impulsive. Yes, I'm not closing my eyes. I'm not going inward. I'm not. Uh, it's something you do with your eyes open. You almost can have this expression "eyes in the back of your head," but there there are eyes in there that can look inside at the same time as looking at someone outside. So uh, you can even be talking. The main thing is to not lose connection with with what's going on. So if I'm talking to someone, I want to stay connected and at the same time stay connected to myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. this dual attentiveness it is it's really not that hard, but it is a practice because reactivity is so strong. For good reason, it's for survival. Uh, something's pretty threatening when we're reactive. Um, but we, this is the process of transforming that to work for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this might be a good place to end, or do you want to add something to, uh, to this? I think it's a good place to end. This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com.